So, okay, here we go. So, today's Dabba Dabba Lama Dalit, page 34, in the Hittika Mesechus Babakama. And we're going to pick up on the bottom of Lamid Gimel Amud Beis, on the bottom of 33b, with Kadmu Bal Hachayvis. Okay, which is three lines from the bottom of 33b. Three lines from the bottom. Now, we ended off with a fascinating halacha that a lot of us were very uncomfortable with, but we understood. And remember, the halacha was interesting. If I destroy somebody's lien, so you have a lien on my property, and somebody goes and destroys my property, you can't collect because the lien is not yet yours. All you're doing is removing potential. Okay, removing potential. So you say, it's not nice. I could go and claim from him, whatever it is, but... Really, there, there's no real, uh, no real responsibility. Okay. Continuing on, it says the Gemara like this. Three lines at the bottom of Lamed Gimel Lamed Beis. Kadmu balachayvis. If the lenders come along, the Igbiyai, and they collect. Bein chav ad shalai, uh, bein chav ad shalai hizik, bein hizik ad shalai chav. Whether he got damaged b- um, before the borrow or he got damaged after the borrow, Again, another area of halacha when it comes to liens, that if the lenders come and they collect from the damaged party, the halacha is that they have to give it to the one who is damaged because he only collects from the body. Let me put this into simple terms. I owe money to you because I borrowed money. And I owe money to you because my ox damaged your ox. If they come and collect the body of the ox to take their loan, I, you could take it from them. For the following reason. If I owe them money as a loan, they don't need to only take from my ox. They could take from other things. You can only take from the ox itself. And therefore, it's push it societally, if that's a word. It's not nice for you to take the body of my ox, but that's the, your only option to collect from is that. So he get the, 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 the victim gets the ox, and the lender should go take from something else. Okay. It makes sense that if the ox damaged before everything was borrowed, I get why the ox should go to the victim, to the, to the party that got damaged, because his, the, the, the lien went to him first. Let's say I already owed them money prior. I borrowed $100. So I owed that money. And now my ox damages your ox $100. So I owed the money already. So Baal Chayv called them. We should say whoever you owe money to first should be the one who has first dibs on the body of the ox. Answers the Gemara, top of today's daf. I'm sorry, not the answer yet. Says the top of today's daf. And you should know, even if the ox damaged before the, le- the loan, Baal Chayv called them, he should come first. Maybe we should learn out from here. That if you borrow afterwards, okay, he waited to collect his the, to collect the uh, loan. What he collected is not considered collecting, and he needs to go and give it back to the first guy. Says Gemara, no, there's no proof to that. Really, I'll tell you that the lenders of money, if they take my animal in general, what they collected, they collected. Okay, usually you cannot take away the shiny hacha, but here is different. The Yomar lay. Because Reb Yael, the owner of the damaged ox, can say to Reb Aaron, the one who lent me a hundred dollars, Listen, 
if the box, if the uh, ox would have been by you, I would have collected it from you. And therefore, I just take any sort of payment from, uh, there's no difference who the owner of the ox is, I'm just taking the ox because that's what damaged me. Sounds like more like this, very gishmak as far. Here we go. Let's put this all into very simple terms. In general, whoever you owe the money to first should be able to collect it. First. You got that money first. Let's say my only, first my only asset. First dips. First dips. If my only asset is my ox, and I owe you $100 because I borrowed money from you, I owe about 100 bucks because I borrowed money from you, and I owe Yale 100 bucks because my animal damaged you 100 bucks. So in general, we're going to say whoever I owed the money to first, they're the ones who gets it. Yeah, but there's no rule. There's no law like that. I mean, it just... Okay, but over here... It's a svar. It's good. a svar, but it's not a halacha. Okay. Okay, very good. But here the Gemara says like this. The svara of the logic of whoever was owed to first has the lien first doesn't apply in this case. I'll tell you why. Says the Gemara, fascinating. When a short, follow this, follow this, it's a beautiful logic. When a short tam damages, what becomes obligated? Not the owner, the body of the ox. And therefore, if I owe you a hundred bucks, because I, I borrowed, and I owe you a hundred bucks because I damaged, you can say, I get the ox. I'll tell you why. Because you could say to Rabarn, hey, What's the difference who owned this ox? If you would have already collected the ox beforehand, and then the ox damaged my ox, who does it become? Mine. It's not about the owner, it's about the ox. And therefore, I get first dips. That's what you could say. Because I have authority over the body, and I don't care whether or not you collected. Guess what? Even if you say, you, if you would have collected it, then your ox would have damaged me and I would take the ox from you. But what's enough to mean? If I take it from Teller, I take it from Perel. Who cares? And in this specific case... You have rights to the, to, the, to the ox. Exactly. In this specific case, we'll give the victim, the owner of the victim ox, the damaged ox, we're going to give him first rights on the ox, even though in general, not necessarily so. But that would be, that would be the svar over here. Okay. Tanurabanan, the rabbis learned, and so should we. We are now at the two dots, six lines on top of Lamadala, Ramadala, for those just logging on. Here we go. Shor Shavamasayim, Shor Shavamasayim. If an ox that is valued at 200 zoz, and it gores another ox valued at 200 zoz, the Chavo Boy Bechamishim zoz, after it damaged the 200 zoz ox, it made it worth 150. Okay? It didn't kill the ox. It lowered its value. Now the ox is walking with a limp. Listen to this. Then, however it happened, guess what happened? The, first it went down to 150. And then it skyrocketed to 400 zuz. It was originally worth 200. went down to 150. And now it went up to 400. Now listen to this. Why did it go up to 400? Let's say it's a certain type of ox breed that people really want. At the time that I damaged it, it was worth 200. 
I made it go down 50, and now, for whatever reason, a week later, it's worth 400. But if I wouldn't have caused that 50 zuz original damage, it would have been worth even 800 zuz. Allah is, you pay at the value at the time of the damage. What does this mean? How much are you going to pay? 25 zuz. Because you did 50 zuz in damage and you pay half. So you're going to pay 25 zuz, even though in the big picture you caused the 400 zuz loss because of it later, right? Okay. What happened if it went down from 200 to 150 and then it went down even more? Okay, it lost the value even more. So then you're going to have to pay. Not that at, from the time of damage, you're going to have to pay from the time that Bezdin gives the court ruling. So let's say it went down to 150, and then it took a week for the Din What Bezdin's going to evaluate at the time of the Din and you're going to have to pay half of that. Shavach Mazik. What happens if the damaging ox went up in value? Now listen closely. Where is the money of payment coming from? The body of the ox. And again, it was originally a 200 zuzaks that gored a 200 zuzaks. We just gave a case where the damaged ox fluctuates in value. Now the price is going to go to a case where the damaging ox, the abusing ox, changed value. So shavach mazik. If let's say the value of the damaging ox went up, nicen like kishas nezek. The owner of the damaging ox only has to pay value from at the time of the damage itself. Okay, very good. Kochash b'shas amodas Why are we, why are we uh, looking at the value of the damaging ox? Because that's the body you're paying from. Because you're, you're paying from that body. Remember, we're dealing with a short time. So you're gonna you're gonna pay you. The only yeah, thing yeah. that the nizik pays from is the value of the body oh, of the damage. Yeah. That's why its value matters. Okay? Yeah, okay. Let's say the value of the, of the ox um, went down. So then you pay like the shas hamadas bedin. Omar mar. Now the Tana just said, Shavach mazik. If the damaging ox went up in value. Nice and kishas nezek, You're going to pay according to the time of damage. Whatever the value was, which was 200 damaging 200. Money. Who's that the opinion of? Rabbi Shmoli. It's the opinion of Rabbi Shmol. The Omar Rabbi Shmol says, Baal Chayvhu, that the one who damaged is considered a borrower. You owe money like a borrower when your ox damages. Vizuze hu demasikle. And therefore, the victim's owner can demand a monetary payment. It's a monetary payment. And therefore, the same way when I borrow money from you, if I borrow $100 last year, I pay you back $100 this year, even though there was 6% inflation. $100 is $100. Says Rabbi Shmuel, when you damage somebody, it's like a financial loan now. The same way if I borrow $100, I'll give you back $100. If my, if my ax was worth 200 and your ax is worth 200 we don't care if there was inflation on the value of the ox, it doesn't matter. You're going to pay from the time of damage. Okay. But if that's true, Ema Seifa. 
Let's go to the end of the price. The price says, Kochash, if the damaging ox went down in value, then Kishasa Modas Badin, you go by the time of the, of the Din Torah, Asan Rebbe Kiva, that seems to be following the Bin of Rebbe Kiva, Tomar Shutfinenu, who says that both the Nizik and the Mazik are partners, but what just happened, why, why do they need to be partners? Because otherwise, just stay at the time of the damage, if it's a loan. The fact that it doesn't go from the time alone, from the fact that it goes from the time of the Din Torah, seems to imply you're not like a regular borrower, and that's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Which means, in the middle of the b'risa, we switched authors without telling me. The beginning seems to be following Rabbi Shmuel, the end seems to be following Rabbi Akiva, and nobody said anything. Reisha, Rabbi Shmuel, Vesefa, Rabbi Akiva. Is that how you want to understand the b'risa? We don't like that. Answers the Gemara light. Kula Rabbi Akiva, the whole b'risa is Rabbi Akiva. Now, the whole price of Rabbi Akiva, we have to understand the ratio, because the ratio said you follow the time of damage, which seems to be a borrower. And the case over here is, uh, uh, what are we dealing with over here? That when the ox went up in value, you go by the time of the, uh, the actual damage. I'll tell you why. The owner of that ox made his ox fat. Okay. Now listen to this. If he made his ox fat, that costed him money. Hence, the victimizing party cannot say, oh, well now your ox is worth 250 because the damaging owner could say, listen, I, that, that was my expense. You don't gain because of more money that I just invested in the ox. The ox should pay you from the value that it was, Bishas Misa, at that time. You, the victim, have no rights to the gain in value. Says the Gemara, if the whole case, the price is done with they fattened them up. Let's go back to the first case. If it went up in value, you go to the time of damage. Why do you got to say that? It's poshit. Why do you got to say it goes down with damage? If we're done with, you paid for the money. Of course, only the victim, of course, only the damage, the, the owner of the damaging ox is going to have rights to that value. In the first case, where it was worth 400 and 400, and then it went up in value, that replies whether or not the owner invested in fattening up the cow and fattening up the ox, or whether the ox just went up in value, value because people like that breed, or, or for whatever reason, it's going to be the same. <coughs> Excuse me. And the price has to let me know that even in a case where the ox went up just because of market value, without any sort of investment of the owner, he still pays the value from the time of damage, but in the seifa, the only time we're going to have that halacha is when the, uh, the owner of the, of the ox fattened them up, and therefore clearly everybody will be in agreement that he's the one, the owner of that ox, the only one who's going to gain from his investment. Kachash, Let's say it went down in value. So you go for the time of Bezdin's Psak. Why did it go down in value? If went down in value because of work, let the damaging party say to the victim, You made it go down in value and I need to pay. Now the, the assumption over here is that the owner of the victim took the ox already because he has rights to it and now we go to get the ox assessed and it went down in value why did it go down in value so the original owner will say to the new guy he'll say listen it went down in value because you're working it too hard you don't know how to handle animals you don't know how to um, so if it goes down in value that's, you, you're the one who should take a loss 
from whatever value went down because you're your stam mishugana. That's got nothing to do with me. Amar Ravashi explains the kachash machas maka that it went down in value because of the original damage that happened. Oh, so if it went down in value because the original damage, so that's where we say we follow the psak the Amar lay because the victim could say karna de kabira be. Your ox, uh, you know, your ox's horn is what caused the loss of value in my ox. So basically like this. It means like this. You have a, a damaging party. The damaging party, uh, one ox damages another ox. The goring ox went down in value between the time of damage and the court case. Then we say we follow the court case. We don't follow the initial thing. What, what case is that referring to? When the, it went down in value because of the uh, the whole initial uh, the whole initial clap. So there, since it went down because of the uh, the initial clap, the victim can say to the uh, to to the owner of the the original owner of the ox, he can say to him, "Listen, it's it's your problem. Yeah, it's the fact that your ox keeps goring that's causing my ox to go down in value, and therefore it's it's part of the original it's part of the original damage." Okay, put it into our terms. Put it into our terms. Somebody causes an injury to somebody else, and three weeks later the guy's still not working. You could put the onus on the original damager. What do you mean? I didn't cause three weeks of loss of work. I, I just uh, caused this. No, you did. No, you did. You have the original action. It causes long term disability. It causes long term loss. Hence, we're going to take all that into account. Okay. Now, the reason why this is a chiddush is because you might say, look at the time of damage. And after that, what's a yachashbun? So the Gemara here is teaching me that no, Taka, we look at, at long term uh, results. And then Bezin assesses uh, how much value to, uh, to, to put on the damage. Okay. Zok the Mishnah, a little more than halfway down on the Flamadalit. Here we go. Shar Shav Masayim, Shagach Shar Shav Masayim, an ox worth 200. Gores an ox worth 200. And it kills the ox, and the carcass is worth nothing. So, how much damage did it do? 200 Zuz. Amar of Meir, Al Zen Amar about this story, it says in the Pusik, Umochro Esasharachai, the Mazik and the Nizik sell the living ox, the damaging ox, Vachitza Yaskaspe, and you split up the money. Makes a lot of sense. That's how you're paying half value. Omale Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says to Rabbi Meir, one second, Reganahag, Vachain Halacha, this is also the Halacha. Now, is he agreeing with him? Is he not agreeing with him? If he is agreeing with him, why does he got to say v'chein la'halacha? What's he putting in? That the Gemara is going to get into this. Kiyamta, you fulfilled umachru esasharachai v'chitzi eskaspoi v'loi kiyamta v'gamas hamesiachzu. You don't split, but they didn't fulfill that they divide the value of the dead carcass. Okay. Now, the reason why you can't fulfill that is because what? You can't divide zero dollars. Zero is indivisible. Okay? Even though there used to be uh, sports players that had the number zero on their jerseys. Now there's sports players that have the numbers zero, zero. I don't know if they, where that comes from, but there's some uh, athletes that like having the number zero, zero on their jersey. But uh, zero can't be divided. So says Rabbi Yudha, you split the money, but if the carcass is worth nothing, you didn't fulfill the positive of dividing. Okay. The Eza, so what 
situation would this Pasuk be applicable? Zeshar Shavah Masayim, it's when you have an ox worth 200, Shnagach Shor Shavah Masayim, the gore's an ox worth 200, and the dead carcass is still worth 50. So you caused 150 in damage. Allah is, each one is going to walk away with 150 zuz in, uh, walk away with 100 and, I'm sorry, let's see, a 200 and it went down, it went down 150. So each going to take a 75 zuz loss. Yeah? They're going to take 175 zuz loss by splitting those two things, by splitting both the live animal and the dead animal. Okay? Tan Rabbanon says the Gemara, the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Shoshav Masayim, Shagok Shoshav Masayim, 200 Zuz ox, scores of 200 Zuz ox, Vanaveli Yafa Hamishim Zuz, the victim ox is now worth 50, it lost 150 in value. Zanait al Chatsia Chaiva Chatsia Mace, Zanait al Chatsia Chaiva Chatsia Mace, they're both going to divide both the, the body of the dead and the body of the live one. And this is the case of, of, of the ox that gores in the tire. says, This is not the case of the Pasuk, uh, which describes the laws of uh, ox goring. Ella, rather, the case of the ox goring is, is when the carcass is worth nothing. So he did a complete 200 in damage. And here the Torah says, You saw the live animal and divide the money. So how much is each one going to walk away with from the live animal? A hundred. Now, Elamani Mekayim Begamas Ames Yachsum. What are you going to do with Elamani Mekayim Begamas Ames? Pachasha Pachsum Misa Machsin Bechai. It's referring to the loss of value that happened to the, uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the Misa, the animal that died. So that value they're going to split in the live one. And each one's going to walk away with a hundred. Okay? So what Lamai said, just keep this Pachsha. My ox is worth 200, of course your ox is worth 200. Now you, your ox is dead, worthless carcass. What do you do? We just split by, and each one walked away with 100 bucks. Okay, I lost 100 bucks, that went to you, you got your half value, simple dimple. Very sensible. It says, No matter how you cut it, no matter how you want to express the opinion, each one's walking away with 125 zuz. My benayu, so it doesn't make a difference which pasuk you're using. My benayu, what's going to be a practical nafkamina? Marava pchastavela could be nayu. The difference is going to be pchastavela if the carcass after the animal died, if the carcass itself went down in value. Reveir over pchastavela denizik avoy. Reveir says that if the carcass goes down in value, that's the nizik. That's the nizik's loss. He's going to one who's going to have to take a loss on the. Let's say he was supposed to get one twenty five, but there's a loss in carcass. He's the one who's going to shoulder that additional loss. Rebuta says that half the value of the novella is going to uh, be the mazik's issue. Amalei Abaye Imkain. If if that's not true, matzinu. If that's true, matzinu the Rabbi Yehuda. It's going to come out that according to Rabbi Yehuda, top of Amud Beis, Tam Chamor Mimor. The case of Tam is going to be more Chamor than the case of Mor. Why? Because we learned earlier in the Masechta, a very interesting halacha, which is that if my animal, which is a muad, gores your animal, I have to pay Nezek Shalim. But listen to this. We, learned, we already learned this earlier, that if there's a loss of value to the carcass, that loss of value is going to be to the victim. You go at the time of actual damage. So 
I have a 200 Zuz ox that's a mood. It gores your 200 Zuz ox and kills it, and now the carcass is worth 50. Since my animal's a mood, I have to pay 150. That's called Nezek Shalim. I have to pay the complete damage. Okay? How much did I cause damage to your animal before it was worth 200? Now it's 50. I have to pay the full 150. Now, if the carcass starts going down in value, even before the Dintaira, the Nizik takes the loss. It's not the ma- Over here we're saying by a short time that actually the Mazik is going to take a loss too. Says Gemara, why is a, why is a Tam more strict on the Mazik than a Muad? That's unusual. If you tell me, yeah, it might be unusual, but that's Taka Da'alacha. How do we find that there's times where an animal which is a Tam can be, have a more strict halacha than a Muad? We learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yudah, Tam Chai of a Muad Potter. Rabbi says, that if an ox is a tam, the owner is going to be chayav. And if it's a muad, he's going to be potter. This is a Gemara uh, later on, um, which tells me as follows. Each, not each. When you own property that has potential in it to damage, I have to place on that property normal restrictions, normal watchings, normal oversight to make sure this doesn't go and damage. The halacha is, if a short tam, which I watch normally, gets out, I still need to pay on the damage. A sharmud that I watch properly gets out, I don't need to pay on the damage. So you see, there's times where we're makbid on a short tam more than a sharmud. Let's come out later on, but we'll learn about, come across this about a week and a half. Let's learn it out from Gzeris HaKosin. So, because now we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yudah, I've heard Tam Chayv and Muad Potter. Amar, the Shaman said, Rabbi Yudah, so I'll say, when did Rabbi Yudah say that a Tam is more Chamer than a Muad? The Indian Shmira, that's by watching. The Chsivi Kroy, there's verses telling me about the uh, further, more responsibilities when it comes to watching a Tam than a Muad. But the Indian Tashlumen, Mishamislate, when it comes to actual payment, did you ever find that a Tam is going to be more strict in payment than a Muad? Maybe watching, you got to be more strict. Okay. But as far as actual payment, you're going to tell me that a tam, by, by a tam, the mazik takes the loss on the deterioration of the carcass, but by a muad, the mazik does not take a loss. That means within the payment, I'm being more strict on tam. That's, that's strange. But Tanya, we learned there by Sir Buda. Buda says, Yochol, I would think, Sharshav Manishak, Sharshav Chamishlam, if an axe worth a hundred zuz, that gores an axe worth a fifth of that, 20 zuz, Vanavili, Ophisela, and the dead carcass is now worth. Each they divide each one. Amri, you're gonna say vechimur lama yaitze. So why why we sing, why why we uh, mentioning this specifically in the Torah when it comes to the case of a muad? I already know this halacha by a tam. Why am I mentioning it separately? To be machmir on a muad or to be lenient on a muad? We're gonna assume that when it comes to the amount that you pay, if there's halacha by tam, we're gonna be machmir and say that halacha is by muad kavachaymer. And when it comes to a muad that damages, we say the owner of the muad pays the value of whatever damaged. 
So when it comes to paying for time, which is more lenient, how much more so should you never pay more than the actual damage, even if there's a pachas nevela afterwards? Rather, Rebbechanan explains, the difference between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda is going to be when the carcass goes up in value after death, which means like this. My animal worth 200, gores your animal worth 200, and now it's worth 50. Get ready, you ready? How much do I need to pay if I'm a Sharmud? My ox is a Sharmud. It did $150 in damage. How much do I need to pay? 150 bucks. Get ready for this. A week later, the skins, the hides, double in value. Now it's worth 75 bucks. Does that mean I need to pay less? The damaging party has to pay less. The Misa, at the time of damage, I made it, I, I, lowered, it to, I lowered it to 50. The Marsov Ardenizikavoy, Rav Meir holds that any value is going to go to the, uh, gain in value is going to go to the Nizik. Another opinion, Rabbi Huda, is going to say that they split the, uh, the gain in value. Rabbi Huda, and this is also why they asked uh, on, uh, on Rabbi Huda, they said, Hashta, now, now that you said, now that we said that the Torah is lenient on the money of the Mazik when it goes up in value, when you have an ox worth five slayim, which is uh, uh, 20% of a money, where do you find that the one who did the damage is going to gain? That we should say that his mom is going to profit off the off the gain in value. And it all says, You should surely pay for the complete damages you're going to pay. And it doesn't find anywhere that there's that you have any sort of gains or any sort of profits that you're able to make. Teach me that the owner of the damage of the damaging ox always needs to pay, and if there's any gain in value, he's not going to get anything uh, anything back. And therefore, Rebuta says that if my 200 Zozax gores your 200 Zozax, lowers it to 50, so I did 150 in damage, I need to pay 150. I, what if the carcass goes up to 75? It doesn't matter. That extra 25 Zoz gain because of the, and because of the uh, special amount that people are paying for hides, that's the victim's money. That doesn't lessen the Mazek's payment scheme. The Maisa, you did 150 in damage. A week later it goes up, so what? You have to pay for your original damage. Says Gemara, my Vaimer. Why do you tube soak him? Go ahead. Vechitim, if you're going to say, this is only true when there's a hefsit, when there's a loss to the nizik, when there's no loss to the damaged party, you have something that's worth uh, 20 zuz and it, uh, 5 slum, which is a fifth of a, of a, a hundred zuz. It also goes something like that. And then guess what happens? What, what happens if you have a strange case? And that's the case right here in the Brisa. The animal went up in value after the death even more than it was worth prior. So, my animal... Was worth twenty dollars. Gored your animal worth twenty bucks. Killed your animal. Okay. A little bit later, skins shoot up, and it's worth thirty dollars. The dead carcass. It was worth even more now than it was at the time of damage. Shakol nami mazik b'shivcha. Then the the mazik is allowed 
to uh, uh, take the gains. That's what I would think. Vaimer shalim yishalim says Yehuda. It says shalim yishalim bailu mashalim vein bailu nightlin. No, when it says Reb Yehuda, let me tell you something. When you damage, you pay. The owner never takes profits that come about through damage. You are not here to invest in something that you damage in. You are here to you are here to pay up. You're here to pay up. This is such a fascinating insight. It's a foundational idea in, in Rev Yehuda. It's a foundational idea of Rev Yehuda, which really forces a person to stop and think and notice that there's times where people will view and will both view and justify hurting somebody else in order to cause gains. And they say, I'm not really hurting the person because they'll end up gaining from it and I'll also get something from it. No such thing in the Torah, says Rabbi Yehuda. You stay away. You stay away. Don't come with your chachmas and say, I'm doing it for his benefit. And yeah, I'm, I'm hurting him, but really it's, he's going to gain from it. Let him make that cheshman. If he wants you to hurt his ox, ask him first. Yeah, but people come with all sorts of cheshbonus. It's a different metzias, it's a different reality, but lahavdil, lahavdil, not only lahavdil gemara to, to this folklore, but even within it, Robin Hood. Right? If I, I think I have the name right. Robin Hood stole from the poor to give to the rich. Right. Uh, stole from the rich to give to the poor. So they view him like a grace at tzaddik. Right. In the Torah, he's a Russia Marusha. Russian Marusha, what are you doing? Who are you to take people's stuff? Who are you? Who are you to, what are you, the Bernstein? <laughs> Let the people give it themselves. And if not, the Bernstein has his way. You cannot do something usher and say, oh, I'm helping society or I'm even helping the person. I'm helping them give. Don't come with your, don't come with your uh, grace of Chachmas. And this applies to fundraising too. It applies to fundraising. There's people that justify various means uh, of Baruch Hashem, it's not rampant, but you can hear people as far as justifying not being completely honest and how the money is going to be used and what's going to happen and this and that. Why? Because I'm giving the person an opportunity for a mitzvah. I'm just using it for a bigger mitzvah. You just be erlich. You be straight. Let everything else fall into place. Your ox scores. That's not erlich. You're supposed to be more careful with it. You're not here. Sorry, you're not. You're not here to gain. That that you leave that to the banishla. Okay. If this is true, if this is the Machlech of Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, that the damaging party only takes loss and doesn't take gains, you're going to find that a Tam sometimes has to be more than Chatzinazik, but the Torah says you divide it and nothing more than that. Okay, because if it goes up in value and it's a tam, we said you're going to take a gain. I, you might end up paying more than half. Yehuda will hold that when you have a dead carcass that loses, that goes down in value, you're going to split the value of of uh, the live one. Which means, which means, which means that the Victim party is only going to get money back for what he actually lost by selling the 
uh, uh, by selling the uh, animal of the damaging party. Okay, we know that's the halachi. Ram is going to pay from the body of the damaging party, and Rabbi will agree with that. Okay, so the death that happens afterwards is going to be split in the value of the live one once it's sold. You're going to follow that. Menalei, how does he know this? Me, the gamas amesiachsun. They divide both the live animal and the dead animal. But Rebutah made a drosha, and he said that you know each one takes half the value of the of the uh, bully animal, the, the damaging animal, and half the value of the damaged animal. So you see, the Rebutah learns that Lamaisa, even the damaging party, is if let's say there's a gain in value, so he's going to gain from it because if each one's mamish taking the carcass of the live animal and the, uh, the the body of the live animal and the carcass, the dead animal, if there's a gain to the carcass, everybody's gaining from it. This is a, a, a fundamental question. According to Rebutah, we said when you damage, you're not here to take any gains. Right? You're not gonna if it goes up in value, you don't get it. You're the damaging party. I said, well, one second. And the tyrant says, How do you make payment? You divide the carcass. Well, if the damaging party owns half the carcass, he's gonna get that value. Just that's what it is. Says Gomorrah, no, Imkain. If that would be true, Nikhtaiv Krav Esames. It should have said, and they divide the dead, uh, the, the dead animal. My vegam, and also the animal, shami It teaches us, uh, it teaches us both halachas, okay? It teaches us uh, both Rebbeir's halacha, and also that the um, mazik and the nizik are going to take value of, uh, you're going to split the value of the dead animal, and uh, each one is going to take uh, partial ownership in that. Okay. Here we go. Period. New Mishnah. This is going to be a very straightforward Mishnah. And basically, we know this already. It's just going to show us the differences between when I damage or when my property damages. Okay? Sometimes I'm obligated for what my ox does. And I'm not going to be obligated for my own damage. For my ox and not for my own damage. And sometimes I'm going to be putter when my property damages. I won't have to pay. But I would be responsible when I personally damage. Let's give some cases over here. Again, there's times where when I damage, I'm off the hook. But if my property were to damage in this way, I'd be on the hook. And then there's times when my property damages, I'm off the hook. But when I damage, I'm on the hook. Give me some cases. Here we go. My ox... Embarrassed somebody. Okay? My ox uh, felt the need to relieve itself on top of somebody. That's embarrassing. I need to pay for damage to the clothing, to the person. I don't pay for busha. For who should be a shayev? But if you embarrass somebody else, again with intent, you're going to be chayev. If let's say your ox blinds your Evid Kanani, the Hippilashita knocks out his tooth, Potter, your Evid Kanani does not go free. If I personally do it, I am responsible. If an ox damages your mom and dad, you need to pay for the damage to your mom and dad. You know why you're Potter? If you damage your mom and dad, because you're Chayav Misa. 
If your axe lights a haystack on fire on Shabbos, you've got to pay for the damage. You know why? And as we know, in general, there's a rule. If one action obligates me in death and in financial punishment, we give to him the more severe punishment and he does not pay. Like we gave, we said before, somebody shoots somebody else, you're high of Misa, you don't have to pay for the shredded shirt. Okay? Because there, there's, a, there's a death penalty. Anybody who does something destructive on Shabbos is putter. Except for somebody who causes a... Um, uh, what's a chayvel? You cause a wound on Shabbos. Umavir was somebody who burns something on Shabbos. I want to pause for a minute. There's a rule. A Shabbos transgression is only an issue when it is something which creates. If it's a destructive act, it's not a Shabbos transgression. Okay? There's a lot of practical parameters around this. If you want to do something on Shabbos, there's times... Where if you were to destroy it, it's completely allowed. If you don't destroy it, it's not allowed. Okay? For example, the story that I've, that I've told over, and it's Allah we don't have to get into the story now, but to, let's say to open up a large can of tuna fish, the number 10 can of tuna that the mice I told you over previously from my father in Lakewood. So you're making uh, possibly a paint can or a can to hold a paint. But if you poke a hole in the bottom, now you just destroyed a can, there's no issue with that. That's okay. The only destructive acts on Shabbos that are a problem is to cause a wound or to burn something. When you burn, it's destructive and you're going to be chayv. Bavo said, Pike Tani Lebra, go say this statement outside. It means do not say this in yeshiva. Chayvel umavir, because when you do a wound or you burn something, let me tell you something. Eina Mishana is not, uh, is not a, a, a Mishnah. And meaning, what does it mean it's not a Mishnah? You're not Chayev. If you cause a wound in somebody, you burn something, that's also not a Chayev on Shabbos. Vim Tim Tzulaymar Mishnah, if you're going to tell me that, that uh, you have learned it in a Mishnah, that it's true, let me tell you something. You know when you're responsible for causing a wound? You know when you're responsible? When you want, you, you want to cause somebody to bleed because you want to feed your dog blood. Or you want to burn something because you need the ashes to remember the Beis HaMikdash or whatever. So over there, it's a destructive act that's coming for a constructive purpose. And that's why you're chayev. But in general, if it's just a destructive act, even that, you're not going to be responsible. All right? So we learned in a Mishnah, if an ox that lights a haystack on Shabbos, the owner is responsible. But if you do it yourself, you're off the hook. And we learned who do me the share. The same case of you, it would be the circumstances surrounding the ox. The same way when the ox sets fire to the haystack. Did the ox need the ashes? No. So when you set fire, top of tomorrow's daf, so too, when he sets fire to the haystack, we're going to say, you're chay of Misa, even though you didn't need ashes. One second. If you didn't do a constructive act, why are you chay of Misa? Gvaldik. So you must be wrong. You see that if you light a fire on Shabbos, even if it's not for the purpose of ashes and it's destructive, you're chay of. Answer the Gemara, Allah. Shari Dumidi Day. The ox lighting the haystack was like him, which means Mahu de Kavale. Maybe he set fire to a haystack because he wanted ashes. So too, when the ox set fire to the haystack, you know why the ox wanted ashes? 
That's why the ox did it. The ox thought to himself, aha, oh boy, do I need ashes. Tishabov is coming up and I want to dip my egg into ashes for the Zudas Mavsek. Says Gwar, give me a break. Really? How in the world does an ox need ashes to start a fire? Amli Ravavia, Ravavia says, well, I'll tell you a case. I'll tell you a case. Hacha Mayaskinon, Bisharpi Kayach, Shaosulay Nishicha Begabay. I'll tell you, you got a smart ox. Now, back then, back then, ashes were used as a form of wound bandages. Okay? If you got a cut, they would stuff it up with ashes to stop the bleeding and to allow the heal. Says, well, maybe the ox learned from experience that when it gets a wound, the owner would put ashes and the ox would watch and figure this out by itself. It got a bite. It wanted to, needed ashes to, to put on top of its wound. And how do we know that the ox did it for this reason? I'll tell you why. Because the ox, after it lit the fire and the fire died out, actually put the ashes on itself. So if you see a situation where an, an ox lit a haystack and then used the ashes as a band-aid, oh, that's going to be the case where it's constructive and that's why there's a problem on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, uh, uh, fine, very cute. Umi ika ki gavna. Have you ever seen that in your life? <laughs> ever saw in your life an ox burn a fire and then roll in it? Listen to what the Gemara says. In Tahutur Davibir of Papa, Rav Papa had an ox. The ox had its teeth used to hurt it. It had toothaches. And whenever the ox had a bad toothache, you know what it would do? It would walk over to the booze barrel. Papa had beer. He had vats of beer. And he had booze. He had whiskey. And uh, this, is, this serves as a numbing, uh, a numbing thing. And the ox would go and numb its pain in, uh, by, by the Sholm Zacher. Yeah. So you see from over here that animals learn. Animals learn how to, ta- how to deal with their pain. And the same way Rav Papa's ox learned how to deal with its toothache by going over to the beer barrel. So it's possible that you have an ox that, uh, that can make its own ashes in order, to, uh, in order to take care of its wounds. Let's just do two more steps and we'll hold it here for today. Says the Gemara, Why are you saying that the case where the ox started the fire on Shabbos is similar to when he started the fire of Akatani? But the Mishnah said, If let's say your ox relieves itself on somebody and embarrasses the person, Potter, you don't have to pay the guy for embarrassment. But if you purposely embarrass somebody, not only do you need to pay for the damage, you have to pay for embarrassment. But I would say, how can you ever find the case where an ox intends to embarrass somebody? He doesn't need to intend to embarrass, but you could have an, a case of an ox that intends to damage. You're obligated to pay for, damage, for embarrassment even if the intention was only on the damage. You don't have to intend to embarrass somebody. Let's say I intended to damage you, but not embarrass. I still need to pay for embarrassment. So too, if an ox goes ahead and intends to hurt, so over there, you're not going to be chayah for the ox. But 
it's possible to say that it's the same set of circumstances. The same way by damaging, same set of circumstances, I intend to damage my ox, damage the damage. So too by lighting a fire, it's very possible. The same way when I light a fire, it's with my intent. So too it's possible to say when the ox lights his fire, it's, uh, that's with its intent as well. Again, let me, let's point this out. The Gemara is not assuming that an ox is doing this on purpose and that you have to assume this. All the Gemara is doing is, like we know in Yiddishkeit, which is why we're encouraged to ask questions and to struggle through something, is that what the Gemara is pointing out is that unless I know that everything else is false, I don't know this is 100% Emes. So if, if I could be cornered into a place, if I could be cornered into a place where there's a possibility, I need to take that possibility into account. Does it mean it's for sure? No. Then I just can't prove that the other statement is absolutely true, and that's where we're going to hold it with today. Bezim, tomorrow we will pick up from Rava Omar. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.